Welcome to the SBCA Podcast Component Connection. Looking at how businesses around the country are innovating to take advantage of opportunities in the construction supply chain. Now, here's your host, Sean Shields. Welcome, everyone. On today's podcast brought to you by the Structural Building Components Association, we're going to continue our discussion with John Herring, owner of A1 Industries in Fort Pierce, Florida. On this episode, we're going to discuss his approach to starting a brand new trust plant and a new market and how that fits into his desire to create a 100-year company. John, welcome back to the podcast. Glad to be here, Sean. Yeah, great. Well, you know, I think our discussion in the last episode was just awesome. You know, we talked about how you felt coming back into the industry with sort of at the low point that it was time to get out of running your trust plant, you know, focusing on the day-to-day stuff and taking a step back and thinking about the long-term goal. And as part of that, you implemented a strategic plan. You've sort of uh, changed the way in which you do training. Uh, you sort of looked at your one operation in Fort Pierce and how you could get the most out of that facility. But in some point, it became clear that you couldn't get everything you wanted out of that one facility. So I'm hoping you can talk a little bit about in this episode, um, what were the warning signs that's like, yep, we got we to gotta do something else. We got to add a second facility. And then how did you go about evaluating where you were going to do that? How did you prioritize sort of all of the the variables to land on where you ended up building this facility? Well, that's a, that's a very good journey. And um, it's certainly not for the light of heart because, uh, you know, got a lot of, a lot of bruises on this one. But uh, yeah, we talked about the 100-year vision. And in that, the uh, strategic plan basically pointed out that in order to get there, we were going to have to expand our footprint and uh, look at uh, our presence in other areas in order to hit some of the goals. So with that, I came up with a five-point uh, list, and that was this location had to complement and supplement our present footprint. We were going to expand our customer base and where were our existing customers going. It had a potential for a long-term market growth and uh, it had to look at that criteria. We had to look at the um, size and scope of our plan to make sure that it was uh, expandable and, and long-term. And the last thing was we wanted to be in the proximity of our supply chain. Hmm. We wanted to look at all the costs that were coming to us and how could we minimize some of those costs to keep the cost of trusses down so we could sell more houses. So that's where I came up with a criteria. We started out on a, uh, a mission and we looked at uh, several, several locations uh, to our north. Uh, we are in Fort Pierce, Florida, as you mentioned. And we pretty much got everything covered from uh, Jacksonville to Orlando to Tampa South. Hmm. And we can get to the Caribbean and, uh, you know, with minimum cost for trucking, we can pretty much manage our capacity to the South. Now, another thing that we've learned at over the years is what were our limitations? What did we learn from all the facilities? And I have built a, a lot of facilities. And what were all the, the factors that um, really restrained me? I always wanted to build a factory starting from scratch. 
so that number one, you had the flow and you could meet your goals. So that's where we started. We started with the five uh, criteria. We started looking in several sites, talking to several counties and several states on incentives. Then most of all, we were getting pressure from some of our existing customers that were moving into this new area. And they wanted us to go there because they knew we could perform and that we had the uh, breadth, we had the financing, we had the uh, know-how. And most important, uh, we have a, a software that's proprietary that allows us to do a few things that other people don't. So we're, uh, we embarked on that because it met our strategic plan. Mm -hmm. And uh, we ended up Bainbridge, Georgia, which is where our new plant is, fit all the criteria about. Interesting. It was perfect as far as our footprint. Like I say, Fort Pierce could handle everything south of Orlando and in that area. And then this could handle everything north. Our customers were going there. They pulled us there. The long-term growth was there. The size, uh, we've got 80 acres up there with a 40-acre option and even more. And it's right in the middle of the lumber bread basket. So it met all five of my criteria. Interesting. So I want to hit on one thing, 80 acres. I mean, that's a lot of space. Why, why was that important? Well, we've learned over the years and let me, let me just kind of give you a little, uh, background. When we started out, we we're on two and a half acre mm. and then we moved to three and a half and I obtained another acre and that brought us up to four and a half, just under five. Then I bought another company that was on 10 acres. Well, actually it was on about eight and a half and had a rail siding. So I learned a lot from that. And then I went up to Fort Pierce and bought 19 acres. Well, we outgrew the 19 acres. I had to buy another five acres. And so then it brought it up to 24 acres and that's where we're at. I know what our capacity is and what the constraints are. Our 24 acres in Fort Pierce is exceeded my expectations. It's very efficient and it's been designed out 100% from the time the lumber hits the yard to the time the trusses leave. So one of the constraints I've always had, and I realize that there is a ratio of the size of land to your revenue. So when I went up there, I did not want to be restrained on the revenue side, which means I had to have the acres. So. I approached them, I told them what we needed and we started negotiations and I ended up with the 80 acres with a 40 acre option. That's how we got there. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Well, and, and certainly uh, land acquisition wasn't your only challenge, right? I mean, when you're, when, even after you chose this site and you're like, yes, it has the capacity, the size, the land that I'm looking for. There's lots of other challenges, right? I mean, getting equipment and trucks, finding labor up there, getting everything up and running. Can you talk a little bit about, um, just briefly, maybe a few examples of some of the challenges that you faced getting this brand new facility up and running in Georgia and how you and your team overcame them? Well, I certainly will, but I want to back up and say a little bit is this was all planned out prior to the pandemic. <laughs> and right. this was, in, this has been a three-year process. We started as soon as we developed this, this strategic plan and finding land and finding the right location and doing all this stuff. I will reiterate the importance of having a plan in detail and executing the plan because then you can change. You can, you, you mentioned it, Sean, you can pivot. So we started out before the pandemic and then the pandemic hit and Wow, did that change the ball game? 
Now, we had already been underway with the construction. We had the plans, we had the permits, we had the budgets, we had the contractor, and we had the building order. So, and we were expanding our Fort Pierce facility at the same time. Mm-hmm. The one thing I'd say you have to do in something like this is once you have a plan, you have to be six months ahead of that plan. Otherwise, you're going to be going and redoing it again. So what we had a plan and part of our plan was to have a backup plan. And part of that plan was my responsibility was to think at least six and eight months ahead of time. That worked out again, whether it was a good business plan or whether it was sheer luck, it was probably closer to sheer luck. We had ordered a lot of the machinery. We knew what we needed. We knew when we needed it. We knew what the volume was going to be. We knew what we were going to do and how fast we were going to ramp up. We actually opened a training facility in a 16,000 square foot airplane hangar to start getting the people Mm. and to find out what the local labor was right. So for six and eight months, we built on wooden tables, the old fashioned way, where we started training our saw operators, some of the computer operators, and we started finding out what was in the market. Well, obviously that was right during the pandemic. Then things really started to get difficult. Now, obviously we knew as the pandemic was coming out that we were at BCMC, we, we already had everything ordered before. BCMC, because we knew there was going to be an onslaught of orders. So again, you've got to play, make your plan along with all the obstacles you think you're going to hit and see what's going to happen in the future and hope you can adjust. So we, uh, we did all that. Was it easy? No, we got forklifts delivered without any forks, <laughs> which I wish was yeah, I know, which was, <laughs> Who needs which those? was nothing more than a freaking $120,000 huge golf cart. So we had to deal with those problems. And that's one thing that I think A1 industry does is we figure Mm -hmm. out, we figure it out. We figure out how we can get going because we don't take, we don't want to make excuses. There's a book out that I I had everybody read is no excuses. Hmm. As we rented things, as we found things, as we shared things from Fort Pierce, um, we were very lucky, but very strategic. And I'll use that plan again. Um, today we're, uh, running, um, ahead of schedule. And this is going to be interesting because of the world, how the world has changed. We're running at a run rate right now that will exceed the annual volume that it took me 20 years to get to. And we did that in four months. Yes. That's astounding. (laughs) That is astounding. It blows my mind. (laughs) Yeah. There's going to be times where you just sit back and you're like, you're just looking at the numbers out of the new plant and you're like, I can't believe this. You know, John, um, we, we started that first podcast, uh, sort of talking about, uh, when we first met and sort of your, your lamentation that it was the barrier to entry into this industry was just too low, right? It was like, everybody could just with a garage and a table could start banging out trusses. And as you said, sort of an investment of like a hundred grand, you'd, you'd be up and running. That has certainly changed significantly, and you felt that in a very real way recently. Putting this new, bringing this new facility online, I'm just wondering, you know, given the experience you just had, what do you see as the biggest challenge for anyone wanting to get into this industry today? Well, it is the barrier to entry. It's it's any industry that um, is uh, easy to get into and uh, financially a, a minimum risk. 
What I found out is, and I think I mentioned it earlier, is uh, there is a ratio of um, acreage to uh, your revenue. And you want to look forward to what that revenue is. And that's what we did up here. Today, we figured out that if you want to get in the business and do, oh, I'm going to say somewheres around, well, let's just say 5 million in revenue. Well, it's going to take you 3 million to get into the business minimum without land and buildings. Mm. So all of a sudden you're up to maybe four or 5 million, depending on where you are and what your strategic plan is to get in a business that's limited to, you know, a, a certain amount of revenue. And that's the hardest thing to understand because trusses are not a small, something you could put on the shelf <laughs> like at Amazon and go pick it off the shelf and put it in a box and ship it out. When you're shipping 30, 40 houses a day, you've got to have the property, you've got to have the flow, you've got to have the systems in order to manage that. So yes, technology is huge and it's going to get more important to manage and to stay profitable. Uh, the land size and the flow is got to be flexible because the industry will change. And, and I'm seeing it throughout the industry, especially when we go to some of these work sessions at BCMC is it's getting more complex. There's more pieces per day because of the complexity of the wind loads and the, uh, everything that the codes are acquiring and then the architects and then the builders, even a simple house that might be, you know, an entry level house has got tray ceilings and pop out fronts and, you know, added on porches and. It all adds up to more complex pieces and we track those pieces and we track the need for space and machinery to manage those pieces efficiently. So I've got a little rule of thumb that just says basically, uh, you know, one to five acres, it's going to be about a million dollars an acre mm -hmm. and five to 10, you're about one and a half million dollars an acre. And if you go to 10 to 25, well, that's two and a half to $3 million an acre and 25 to a hundred acres will get you four to $5 million per acre in revenue. Mm -hmm. So obviously all of those ratios, there's a dollar amount to it. Any sizable plant today, you will invest $20 million. And that's not going to be for the light of hearts. Yeah. Well, yeah. And particularly in today's environment too, where, where capital is hard to find, uh, you, you have to have something to attract the banks or the investors to, to raise that kind of capital. There's a, there's a lot there. And I, I, I would imagine there's a lot of sleepless nights figuring that all out too. Yes, there was. And then the pandemic comes in and then the interest rates And the clock is and ticking and all that financing. And the too. clock is ticking. And once you commit, you can't turn back. You can't say, okay, it's uh, you know, I'm a pilot. So you can't say when you're up there at 30,000 feet, okay, time out. I'm going to stop. <laughs> Get out of the plane, walk away. You got to land that plane and you got to finish that plan. So, um, and that's kind of where we, we came up to because we've got 105 acres right now with another 40 acre option. We think that the, uh, a one industries will be a $500 million industry, which puts it right in line with that. We started fresh. We did it right. The vision is a hundred year company. The mission is to change the way America builds homes with technology and we're using our core values. Mm -hmm. So I can tell you, Sean, I'm so proud of our team because 
we took the strategic plan and we lived it. And part of our core value is to own it. And everybody in this company owns it. So I feel pretty comfortable. We're in the right spot. Is it easy? Absolutely not. Is it going to be even easier in the future? No. And with robotic in, uh, coming in, you got to have that space. You got to have that technology. You better have the discipline. And the, the industry is going to continue to change. And I'm looking forward to that. And I hope I can be part of it. That's all I can hope for A1 and the whole building industry and SBCA. Well, John, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hey, I enjoyed it. I hope it brought some benefit to everybody because I can't say enough It being involved in SBCA is what's got me and A1 Industries where we are today. Hmm. You have to understand where you are in the flow of your, your peers and your competition. Competition's good, but you want to, I've always wanted to make sure that we were involved and we understood what was going on and we helped to guide it in the right direction. So John, I appreciate what you guys do. I can't tell you how proud I am of what you've accomplished at SBCA. And I'm just, in my own little way, just really glad I've been a part of it. Well, thank you, John. I can say the same thing about you. Thank you for all your contributions to SBCA, both you and Mike over the years. It's, it's been incredibly valuable. Well, we're just, uh, we're happy to do it. Well, if you've enjoyed what you've heard, please give this podcast a favorable rating and share it with others. Also, consider subscribing to SBCA's Component Connection podcast on whatever platform you use most. That way, you'll immediately know when we publish our next podcast. This has been a Component Connection podcast brought to you by SBCA. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode, send it to podcast at sbcacomponents.com. Mm -hmm.